Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Millennial in the Middle. I'm Connor DeLynn, and I've got maybe one of the most unique interviews I've had on this show yet today. Uh, I have connected with a with a guy that has been fascinating to me the few times I've talked to him, and I'm like, I, I got to get you on the show so we can dive into this a little bit more. His name's Tyler Doyle, and get this, he is an influencer, like trainer consultant in the metaverse. Yeah, you heard that right. Specifically the game Upland and that and that portion of the metaverse. He kind of just started dabbling. He took his experience from video gaming and enjoying like this kind of virtual world and all of a sudden just dove into this really new thing that was Upland. Now, what is Upland? Uh, I'm still kind of clueless here, but after a 45-minute interview, I can give you a little bit more of an explanation. The basic gist is this. They have created a, a virtual world where you have all of these physical places, like you can look at the whole map, and it allows people to actually buy and sell real properties, but in this virtual world. And yes, for real money. And when they appreciate, you make real money when that happens. And that's what Tyler's done. Uh, He's invested like most of his savings into this game, has become one of their primary voices, and has really taken off. So what's interesting here, I love when you meet a celebrity in a niche community. Because if you're in the niche, like, you know who this guy is. Like, man, this guy's a legend. And if you don't know about the niche, you wouldn't know one thing about it. And that's kind of his story here. Just to give you a few things uh, here of how you can go follow him. He is the host of the Upland Show on YouTube that does very well. Uh, his branding is Loyal Doyle. His name's Tyler Doyle. You can find him. The notes will be in the in the show. And he actually just got back uh, from winning broadcast of the year, basically content creator of the year for Upland and has really cemented himself in taking this niche interest that he found he was good at and he's helping others make real money in the not so real world. This is an interesting interview. I did not expect it to go the way it did. Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Here we go. Tyler Doyle, thank you so much for being on the show and joining me in the studio today. I'm excited for this interview. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is cool. I love the setup here. Oh, thank you. Like like I said earlier, like you are a celebrity in an extremely niche space that I am guessing most of my listeners have absolutely no clue what it's about and what this whole thing is. So I want to start this conversation like, I don't know if you've seen the Office episode where Michael Scott goes, okay, will you explain that to me like I'm a sixth grader? And then yeah. Oscar explains it, and he's like, try a second grader now. Let's give the second grader version here okay. of, first off, what in the heck is the metaverse? So there, the metaverse concept, there's a lot of different ideas of what it could be and what it could become. A lot of people think it's going to be this ready player one are you familiar with that movie like it's it's a he puts on his headset and you go into this yeah virtual world where you do everything you can have jobs there you can have a life there you can make friends there and you can interact with people and sure. have have create your own kind of community and, and things like that uh there's a lot of like speculation that it might not necessarily go vr a lot of people are thinking it's going to go more 
augmented reality. Are you familiar with okay, that? Okay, like, tell me the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality. Yeah. So virtual reality is like the VR goggles like that Facebook's making, the, the Oculus goggles where okay. you put it on and th there's like Beat Saber, there's all these games that people play okay. where it's completely immersive. You wear the goggles and like all, all you're seeing is, is that. Uh, augmented reality is... Do you remember when the Google glasses were being talked about where you'd yes. wear these glasses and, those and were then you a could fail, right? Epic yeah. fail. But a lot of people think that's actually going to come back when like when technology and everyone's ready for it. Um and it makes me think of like uh Free Guy. Have you seen Free Guy by I, chance? I have, yes. Where you you put on the glasses and you can see you you see the world as it is. So you could imagine being in this office um, but as you're looking at me, maybe like as I'm talking to you, if you're wearing glasses, you could see like different, it, it, it could maybe tell you interesting things like that, uh, you know, that, that you're seeing, like you can think of it used in sports. Like if you're wearing visor as a football player, it can give you stats like, Oh, this guy's going to rush or something like that. Like it could just huh. give you different perception. But I think it's interesting if we, you like, for example, with augmented reality and, and the metaverse, like what you could blur the real world with the with the digital world. And I actually think that's where people are more comfortable instead of just being in this completely fantasy world. Because if you're, for example, at a sports game as a spectator, mm -hmm. you could be having like the score just like you could see it like through your glasses while you're watching the game. You don't necessarily have to like look at a scoreboard and you can just be immersed in the game it could be something as simple as that right sure so it's almost like augmented reality is the baby steps maybe into this world like yeah. it seems a little more doable a little more reachable yeah absolutely what got you into this whole world what made you get say ah this is interesting to me so the one i'm involved in uh that i really have like believe in of their future and what what they're working towards is called upland okay and what they are is like the the biggest metaverse to map themselves to the real world. And that's the reason why I'm very bullish on it. Like I, I believe heavily in it sure. because it all just started out as a game where you buy land for, and there's only like 15 or so cities around the world that have been released so far. They didn't just release everything, but you essentially buy properties. So for example, someone right now owns, like the Empire State Building in Manhattan or okay. or Times Square or or and within the realm of the game. Yeah, within right? the realm so like of the game. So like within the game they open 15 cities up and you can go in and buy real properties in real places, am I right? Yes, okay. and there's there's certain exclusive properties where the game has decided we're going to call these landmarks. Okay. And we're going to make 3D replicas of the real world buildings so for example coit tower in san francisco yeah has a, a actual like 3d generated model that looks exactly like coit tower or the ferry building and you could actually own these buildings and in the digital world so it i think what's important is the idea of perceived value yep and a lot of these other metaverse companies that are coming up are creating this completely alien sci-fi world and I think it's harder for, you know, humans as a species to, to be like, what is that worth? What is this alien land worth? Yeah. Um, but for example, if, if you're, if you can buy, uh, 
the Empire State Building or the Statue of Liberty, you ha- you tie personal experiences. You know that's and, cool and value to that, right? And so I think that's what makes Upland really interesting and unique. And, and with this, if I if I understand correctly, and I mean, like I said in the intro, as I did research for this interview, you know, I Google what is Upland on you are on Google, and you're the first one that comes up. Like yep. you were the influencer of this game and showing. What is it? How does it work? Helping people get involved. So it's so cool to be able to talk to you right here. But as I was looking at kind of the initial piece of this, I guess my big question was, why? Like, what's the point of all this? And why do I care about owning the Statue of Liberty or Coit Tower in some virtual world? Can you explain that or shed some light for me? Yeah, I think there's a lot of... Well, I think a lot of us... So... Let's just go at it this way. There's two different groups that are heavily coming into the space right now. Those with heavy crypto backgrounds, so mm-hmm. those who believe in cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and the implications of NFTs, yep. if you're familiar with yeah. NFTs. Um, and then there's also this very heavy like gaming community coming in who, who maybe played a lot of strat- strategy games and who love gamifying this ability to make money playing a game Hmm. and that's really i think what pulled me in i kind of was already into crypto and gaming but i did grow up playing a lot of a lot of video games and i think that's the first big pull is this large community of gamers who would love to monetize their ability to make strategic moves in a game to also make make money playing that game and I, I mean, I'll just tell you flat out, I invested way more money than I ever thought I would when the, when I first downloaded this game. I've, I invested $50,000. Okay. Of, of, and I'm not a wealthy person by any means. That, yeah. that represents a massive portion of my overall net worth. And yeah. I'm just that kind of bullish into it. Okay, so you invest this money into these properties and really the whole goal is like so you're going into this game you you're putting real money into this virtual world with the hope that at some point you will sell these properties to someone else for higher than you bought them for am i right in this yeah that's right that's that's i think the base level strategy uh, is buying and flipping properties that that's how it all started but it's it's evolving very quickly to where uh, the the founder of the game is, is a PhD in economics. Yeah. And this is another thing that really compelled me is he talks about economics is there's some laws of economics just like math. And yeah. this is what really stood out to me because he says like the same way 2 plus 2 equals 4, right? Uh, there are principles of economics that have to exist for a, an economy to flourish. And he talks about the core things you learn if you've ever taken an a economics class, land, labor, capital, and entrepreneurship. And you have to have those four things just like two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's actually, the Upland game is creating entrepreneurship opportunities. I actually own... I'm one of the few people who actually got into this beta program who owns one of the first in-game businesses as well. Really? And so what this in-game business is, is it you it's, it's for collector's items. So this is one of many businesses that will be created in the game where I'm one of the few people who 
has one of these stores that people can come and buy uh, special collector's items from, essentially. And so there's more ways to monetize it just from buying and selling land as well. As well. That's interesting. This reminds me of this scene in Wolf of Wall Street with Matthew McConaughey and Leonardo DiCaprio. And Matthew McConaughey's like, you know, it, what is the stock market? It's all fugazi, fugazi. It's bullshit. It's who's he, what's he, and he go, you know, does that whole thing as he does. But I guess I would ask you this question. Yeah. You could look at the stock market and the you know trillions of dollars that are put into that or other, I mean, even currency. Like yep. we send money on someone via a bank, not even talking about crypto, and we never see like the physical money or the gold reserve that's backing that up. Exactly. So tell me, why is a game like this that everyone's perceived value there, like why is that just as legitimate? as the stock market per se honestly because because of this whole idea of perceived value and like what people can get out of this environment i I think the future implications are are what's most exciting of you know that right now cars are being developed in the game and you're going to be able to race these so so gamers are going to be able to come in, but you actually have to own the car, like just like owning a car in the real world and getting into racing. And so it's it's really blurring the lines of the real world and the virtual world where there's going to be car manufacturing plants and they're going to be making partnerships with real world car companies. So imagine <laughs> like Lexus is like, okay, we're going to give you the 3D designs of our cars we're going to allow your players to open up factories that have to actually create these cars, sell these cars. There's going to be dealerships and then people buy and collect cars, race cars. And this is where the, again, this whole idea of NFTs, a lot of, a lot of NFT projects are failing because there's not utility behind the NFTs. And what that essentially means is it's just a piece of art. It's just a collector's items, but you can't really, do much with it like the upland game is building utility building nfts that actually like imagine a virtual car that has an odometer on it or it actually when it receives damage you actually have to go to a repair shop (laughs) and get it fixed so and a lot of people would say that's like unnecessary friction like it's a game why can't you just teleport around but for me like the more it resembles the real world the more people are like comfortable with this this like necessary friction. The other day I was I, I do my own show and I have my own podcast and I was talking with another player in the game and we were talking about the future implications of like maybe there's re- there's digital pilots who like you need to fly from one country to another country in the game and you actually have to hire someone who who whose whole career like I can predict this right now. I can see it yeah. of a possibility of this metaverse future. Someone's whole career is are are you familiar with like simulator games? Like Yeah, yeah. There's the game Microsoft Flight Simulator that you in theory could train yourself to be a professional pilot. Like all the moves. You have to study wind resistance. You have to know all all the calculations. You have to hit all the same buttons if you're really flying it. And people are just hobbyists building these setups in their in their gaming rooms with all the gears and functionality that you would have in a real cockpit, all the buttons. 
and they're flying actual flights like for fun. They enjoy it. Hmm. And so you would take that community and you say, Hey, there's people in this other metaverse space that could, that would actually pay for that service because this metaverse space is again, trying to emulate the real world in a digital world. It's very interesting to me. And I love just theorizing about it is a lot of my content. Just talking about that. You know, what's interesting. Something just clicked for me as you said that, because a recent interview I did was with the chief technology, uh, someone over technology with the Utah jazz. Right. And we had this conversation about, you know, how their product was this game that was going on at the court, uh, going on on the court, but really it was all about the experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's the fact that people in their free time want to use that as a form of entertainment. They go watch a basketball game. They get excited. They're, they're a fan. They yep. feel loyal. And what you just said there is like, it is not new to turn things that are fun, that are hobbies, that may seem a little frivolous into major institutions yep. and to tie economics to that in a way that all of a sudden you are offering value because People enjoy it. They have fun yep. doing it. Like that literally might be the most simple answer I've heard about the metaverse yet. Like why, why is it a real thing? Cause people like it Yeah, and they have fun. And if there's enough demand for it, whenever there's demand, you can go make some money. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, gaming is a multi billion. I mean, you had Xbox just recently acquire blizzard. I think like $80 billion. It's like absurd. Jeez. And so you have, Massive court, like that's how big this just one acquisition of a studio that produces multiple games, but still, that's a massive amount of money because they know where gaming is headed. It's as a society, it's it's just we play a lot of games. It's another form of entertainment, and I think the metaverse space is really going to be the first space that makes careers out of out of gaming. And so, going back to like the the guy who's the his name's Dirk, uh, who's the PhD, and he's one of the co-founders of the game. And you have other other uh, experts, kind of like developers that, that he works with who, who they started the company together. But he talks about, um, he talks about like, sorry, I lost my thought there. You're good. Well, that's my thought. There. I mean, a lot of this, it sounds <laughs> like, you know, we're just making this up and pulling up, but this is real. This is real life, right? Uh, it, so you're talking about this economics uh, professor, right? Yeah. A PhD that's basically come out and said, this is the future. Yeah. What? Sorry. What were you? What were you saying right before that? I was. I was. Uh, Everyone is going to think this is a Joe Rogan episode, and we are just totally high right now having this conversation. <laughs> I promise you, we are not. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, okay, let's do this. Uh, you know, I get asked a lot about being. You know, like I talk about generations yeah. and the differences in our perspectives and the way we look at things. I've called myself kind of like this middleman a little bit. Like yeah. I know how to talk to old people. I get what makes them tick. Like I understand that. And I try to connect with these younger generations, but I'll be honest, as I'm talking to you right here, like I feel so out of the loop. What has your interaction been like with people when you try to explain what you do and they literally look at you like you're speaking Egyptian? It's a, I'm a pretty passionate, I'm a pretty passionate person and I'm, I, I do have that entrepreneurship drive and it's interesting. I think the more I actually, the more people spend time with me, I actually find that I am 
convincing them and people from all different uh you know age ranges and and different generations like okay. i I've, I've got my dad playing i've got my stepdad playing i've got my little brother playing the game and all of them are investing their own personal money because they are also kind of believing in in this vision you know what i mean so it's mm. i don't know maybe i'm a unicorn that way but i do know that there are a lot of people who are like this is completely crazy like why sure. why and but that's the whole idea with all nft projects right now and, and a lot of crypto in general there's just a lot of like what what's going on there like why why yeah. would you get involved with that but this whole idea of web three and and where we're going is really just taking here, here's a concept that that i think is really cool it's taking like a lot of these big corporations like think of google think of youtube think of um you know amazon and it's i think long term a lot of these massive corporations aren't going to be able to function the way they function now um, with crypto and web3 technology it's interesting to see that we're going to have decentralization meaning are, are, are you familiar with the concept of DAOs? Mm -hmm. so decentralized autonomous organizations and these are where it kind of and and you mentioned the stock market earlier people invest in the stock market because they believe in a company but in all reality, they don't get like voting rights on what that company does with that money. Like, sure, in, there's in a long some, for the ride. Yeah, there's a long for the ride. What crypto is doing and, and a lot of this space is creating is where everyone who's invested in your project also kind of gets a say and kind of gets to shape the future of that company and of, of that organization because it's decentralized. The community long term will own it. Um, and there's this concept that's called progressive uh, decentralization. So, like, as the project is scaling up, which is Upland is kind of implementing this, right now it's very centralized. Like, the the company and the founders are, are making most of the decisions, but they're slowly, like, the scale is going to shift of they give more control to the community as the economy is healthy and stable and will essentially one day just, like, hand it, hand it off. And it could be completely community owned and that's that gets a lot of buy-in from people when they know okay where i'm investing i'm actually going to have a say in its in its future oh, that's interesting so as an expert in the metaverse how do you think this affects the future of people's careers i mean like your career now is teaching people and is an influencer in a virtual, you know, augmented reality game where people are making real money in the real world. That wouldn't have even been a thought or something exactly. that was on our radar 20 years ago. So if you were to, you know, look at the crystal ball in 20 years from now, how might this next generation's careers look different? Will there be more opportunities? What do you think that might look like? It's funny you just reminded me of what I what I forgot that I was going to say sure. earlier with that question. Uh, there's a lot of people speculating that it will be like you'll have probably one job in the real world, like, and maybe that's a part time job, and you'll maybe have multiple jobs in the metaverse world. And economists are are predicting that, like, in this digital space, it's where you can go have a hobby as a career, just like you having a podcast. Like I, I know a lot of it's probably a passion project, but there is this potential to have it 
be this kind of side source of income for you yeah as well right and i think that same idea is already what is is compelling to a lot of our generation i've heard you talk about this like older generations just want stability they want that one job that gives them everything but these younger generations are kind of like well I want to make money. I want some sense of security, but I also want to like do something I'm passionate about. And so when this world is creating this metaverse world is creating opportunity for you to monetize this thing that you're passionate about, uh, whatever it is like buying and selling collector's items, or I I mean, there's limitless potential. I think you're going to see people shift out of like, okay, I don't need this nine to five job. Maybe I just need a part-time job. And I can have these like other kind of side hustles, you know? Uh, It's so interesting you say that because I have really been studying over the last couple of months, like the passion economy, right? And exactly what you just said, people saying, maybe there's a better way. I want to enjoy what I do and have more fulfillment from these things. And there's definitely more opportunity for it. But I think you just opened my mind now to like this passion economy world where people can actually monetize on something that's unique and differentiating about them and something that they are good at. All of a sudden, there's a way to make real money yeah. with that in the real world. And in a way, it's it's kind of empowering. It's exciting. It like it who is. knows what's going to come of it. But I, I think you're right that – we are going out of the age where when you know you know you were a kid and you'd take like the career aptitude test and it would ask you the 50 questions and then there were like 30 possible careers that you could choose yep. from and it would tell you your top 3 like there's not a list of 30 careers anymore it's endless and some of those careers that you know a 21 year old that's listening to this might be you know hearing right now that career might not exist but it will in 10 years exactly Exactly. Blows my mind. I, I, yeah, I love theorizing all, all the possibility there. And it's true. Even like, and, and then you talk about, again, going back to this idea of blending the real world with the digital world. I think the, I think the first phase is going to be businesses getting involved in the metaverse. And that's what's going to really like pump a lot of money into the metaverse economy, right? Like even um, this like studio space like if you're if you're wanting to promote other people to come and they could use a studio space like this you could in theory in the metaverse space buy this like salt lake city and hasn't been released yet but in theory you could buy once it's released this plot of land and build a 3d building that looks like this building and, and showcases like maybe it even people can even watch some of the podcasts that were filmed here when they're in the metaverse at that space. And then they could also be educated that if you want to, if you live in the area and you want to create content, you can come here too. So you can see how like marketing will also be a a big part, like brands wanting to just promote themselves and interact with their community in a very different immersive way. So it even takes, marketing to the next level and that's actually my background is marketing working at a lot of different marketing agencies working for a few different big corporations and and running their digital marketing and it just kind of all comes together for me really blending this idea and and i studied entrepreneurship in college Mm -hmm. so it's like i have this entrepreneur brain i have this marketing brain and i have this gaming brain Hmm. and the metaverse brings all of those 
all of my passions literally in one and i just can't there's nothing else i would rather be doing it like right now you know good for you that you can say that right because any older person out there that might look at this conversation with a little bit of judgment like uh that's the this is just fake reality come to life like these lazy millennials that won't work you've found happiness in what you're doing and you're making money in the real world and there's fulfillment in that. And so I guess my question to you would be on a deeper level, I think maybe an argument to be made against these virtual worlds is that it's an escape that it's, you know, it makes it so our relationships aren't, aren't as solid that we aren't as close to people. We're not interacting in quote unquote real life, whatever that means. Right. How have you found that yourself and other people you've worked with in the metaverse, how's their life like in reality? Better, worse, the same? It's really interesting. I, so I went to an event. I actually, I actually won broadcaster of the year at their first event. Like they did oh, actually cool. recognize me yeah. as, as, well, as one of their like top creators, which was really rewarding. And going to this event, it was in Las Vegas uh, just in June, there was probably a couple hundred people that came from someone came from Japan. Someone came from Brazil. People came from around the world. And it's, it's really interesting because in the world of gaming and in the world of crypto, you have very toxic communities. You have in the world of the internet alone, you have very toxic environments, but something about the community that they've developed at Upland, you're talking at, specifically. At, yeah, specifically okay. at Upland is like this really community that's very giving to each other and helps each other out with you, with each other's projects. And like we're all excited about it because I think we all have caught this grand vision of what it could be. And so we all want to be involved and, and help each other out. So it's actually the community side has been extremely rewarding and not this like toxic place. And I'm actually very shocked by that coming from a gaming background where you play these online games and people trash talk and are seriously horrible <laughs> to each other. Like where's the humanity in these yeah. like games where you're just literally like shooting each other. And like, then there's like, they, it's like they genuinely don't like the people they're playing against, yeah. you know? That's an interesting thought because you're right. Like people talk about violent video games and it's like, oh, well, it's okay because it doesn't feel real. Like if you're on some alien planet land shooting someone, then it's not the same of being mm-hmm. here. But what you've explained, like it feels like real life. You are in real places. You're dealing with real people, you know, that they exist in the real world, yeah. even though you're looking at them and interacting digitally. And I, I would believe you as you say that, you know, the internet, social media, these areas, they do two things really well. They help us find people that we really like and really get along with and think, you know, a lot alike. And then it puts us in front of people that we might think are polar opposites, yeah. right? Now, social media always is going to highlight the two extremes, but it sounds like maybe you found a place that uh, I'm going to use my show title here, kind of in the middle of that, right? Yeah. Like in the middle of the real world and this augmented reality. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting about it is your reputation is more at stake, right? Like in, in social media, people go on and they, they leave horrible comments and they say whatever they want to say. Like, you know, on YouTube, I get com- I get some people who come on and just say <laughs> horrible things. It's sure. like, okay, you can keep that to yourself, but whatever. But 
I think in this metaverse world where it, it is an actual economy, it's not just social media where they can say whatever hateful thing they want to say and go back to their life. It's like, well, if you believe you could have a future career here, if you believe like the, the networking you do here is going to affect your income earning potential, like you, people take it more like you're interacting with business relationships in the real world. Like you're not going to like go work at a company and like trash talk people who work there because you're going to create a toxic environment. You could get fired. And so I, I think that aspect of it is also being taken into consideration by people. They're, they're more conscious of their, what, what they're doing and, and all, all their actions can affect their, their future in this space. It's relationships, like relationships in the metaverse that you're involved with matter. Yeah. And your reputation means something. And that's similar to the real world because, you know, that's reality. So as, as those two things get closer, I, I can see that evolution taking place. Um, two questions. The first I were to ask you, let's say you were talking to the older generations here that are just like not even going to give you a chance. Like, yeah. this is crazy. You're out of there. And you had like 60 seconds to be like, hey, uh, here's what's going on. Like I get if you never want to be involved, but this is what me and millions of other people are doing. And he, if you were to help them understand that, what would you say? It's it's hard to make them understand it. I just think if they look at their kids and their kids' kids, you know, what they're doing. Like I look at my, my niece uh, my sister's daughter and I watch her go into this Minecraft world and I, and I'll go in and I'll play with How her. How old is she? She's like eight. Okay. And, and she, and she'll go in and she'll create like really amazing elaborate creations in this world. And it's, it's a form of her own creativity. Like in these worlds where you, they actually give you the tools to create whatever you want. It's almost like painting, like art. They're actually, using their imagination to come up with whatever like oh i'm gonna have a house and i'm gonna have a, a waterfall come off the top of it and they just think of it and they can create it's it possible and that actually is is really intriguing to me and then again seeing you can the, what i would say is the writing's on the wall like it's it's inevitable it's pretty much inevitable to me at this point that this younger generation loves these games and these immersive worlds and they're going to want to be involved in some way when they when they have money and careers, they're going to want to, yeah. you know, merge those two things. I I just think it's inevitable. Ah, it's interesting. Okay, so if I were to sum that up and say, okay, to my older listeners or whoever might get this <laughs> at some point, hey, you may not understand it, and that's okay. Like it's okay for you not to get it, and also you don't ever have to be involved. Yep. In the same way we talk about like sports as a form of entertainment, like you might love football and despise baseball that's fine exactly it doesn't mean baseball's bad it doesn't mean baseball has no validity it just means you personally don't get why a nine inning game that's that slow is yep. entertaining right and so I, I think there's this side of respecting like hey i don't necessarily understand what makes you tick or why you're making those life choices but i can respect them and i hope you're happy yeah now let me ask the second question if you were talking to, let's say, someone like your niece, an eight-year-old or young listeners that all of a sudden they're growing up in this world, what would advice or what would you say to them 
having a feel for what you think will, you know, the future has to hold. What would you tell them? Yeah. So for people wanting to get involved in the space and to see where it's going, like right now, the dreamers, I think, are the people who are like the next like millionaires of the space. The people who come in and, you know, entrepreneurs, creators who who can imagine and create whatever they want. It's really a place where whatever you think is cool, whatever you think there's a community around, you can start creating something that you can you can monetize like instead of just being in a game you can now actually monetize what you like doing in games at at this point and so that to me is just the sky is the limit and that's the power of this blockchain technology and this metaverse world is that it's not like all these other games where developers make all the decisions for you like right now minecraft i mentioned as an example like all you have is what the developers have given you but imagine Minecraft where they say the community can create whatever they want it to become. And so that's mm. that's really where it comes full circle. It's like you're creating the metaverse. The, the Upland, uh, which again is the one I, I love, is just giving you the foundation for everyone to come and build something on top of. It's really mm. like they're giving you they're giving us the iPhone and there's no apps on it yet. That's a, that's like a good way to think about it, and so it's up to all of us to create what apps we want to interact with in in that sphere. Yeah, so. there's an equality to that, kind yeah. of a democratization in the fact that like, hey, come as you are and bring what you have, bring that to this world. You know, I didn't expect for this conversation to go this way because we really I've been talking so much about the passion economy and this difference of how do we like find value and monetize. And one of the things I've said recently is, you know, put a value on your time. Right. In order to do that, first, find what you're good at. Like, what is it that makes you different, that you love and that you're good at? And hopefully that's something of value. But how do you determine if that's something of value? if it's a value to someone else, right? And there's this exchange that goes on there. And so I think so often when we think about our careers, we just think about us, right? Like, well, here's what I wanna do. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. Like immediately then shift that to what could I do to bring value to other people as they connect with me, as I get to work with them, as I help them, like what value do you provide? And when that becomes your primary objective to figure that out, I think you're on the right path to figuring out how to make it in this new economy. Yeah. And go for it. Chase it. Like, don't like there. A lot of people are stuck and depressed because they're, they feel trapped in this box of like society has created. You need this nine to five job or you need this. And it's like, I, I just started making YouTube videos. That's really how I'd start, you know, (laughs) and started sharing what I knew about the space and I didn't know when I made my first video that it would like grow into, you know, but one of the first ones I made has got up to like 50,000 views, you know, and it's like, and it still is a niche space. So I'm, you know, and like, so as it grows, I'm hoping I could be just an influencer in that space too and teach people how to come and get involved. And yeah, whatever your passion is, just go for it. You know, like, and you, you, I, I love that concept of the passion economy and turning that into a job. Yeah. 
uh, your your story is such a great example of this because it's so for many far out there like you couldn't even imagine it but what you just explained there is like you found a community you found a niche and then you offered value you're the guy when you go to youtube and say how do i figure out this game they're looking to you for that expertise and now there's a really important thing to note right like look for those niches that you're interested in and set yourself apart there which you've done so now what do you root for you root for that niche to grow because yeah, the more true. and more that niche grows and the bigger that community is you're already established as the influencer there and you know if we purely think about this from a career standpoint like a really small niche right now potentially could create millionaires right oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden as that niche becomes a more mainstream community we're talking billionaires now yeah it's, it's it's already predicted that the metaverse space alone by 2030 will be like a multi-billion dollar in, industry so it's already like the economy is already predicting that it's headed that way it's not it's not just speculation like again it's even finance even conservative conservative financial analysts can see that it's it has a bright future ah oh. This conversation's been really, really fun. Like I said, I didn't expect it, and I knew I was coming in here over my head because I'm like, man, I don't know if I can speak all this. And But I think that becomes the point, right? Like don't stay away from a topic just because you feel like you're clueless. Learn. That's the power of the world we live in yeah. now. Like you can Google something and all of a sudden teach yourself and you're a professor at YouTube university, right? <laughs> like if That's someone true. wants to learn what you do, you're an expert there. And, uh, you know, I think the world can have lots and lots and lots of experts and that's a cool place that I think we're headed to. Oh yeah. I love it. I, I I love the YouTube creator community of just being able to monetize anything you're passionate about and sharing it. Even just do a hobby and start sharing it. E even if it's like just some, like something you're already doing. That's what I found. Like strategies I was already implementing in this game because I have this really gaming strategic background and there was a lot of crypto people in the space who maybe are older, maybe don't have this gaming background. I took this like gaming approach to make like this strategy of making money. And then I'm able to share that and then they get really excited about it. And I, and I try to simplify it as much as I can. And so I, I just took what I was already doing and just started sharing it with them. And, and it took off. I, again, I didn't expect it to, I didn't need it to, but it's, it, it started as a passion project on the side that was fun for me. And now it's evolved into potentially a full-time career for me in the future. I wasn't planning on doing this, but you know I'm building an app right now that's launching this week, right? And helping people monetize on that expertise. So like, I'm going to run this idea past you for the first time. You are an expert in the metaverse and have kind of become the go-to guy for instructional how to get your footing. Would you be willing to put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm willing to spend a half hour to 60 minutes with someone to give them a training, but it's going to cost X amount of dollars? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would love to do that. So like I think we need to get you metaverse, off. Metaverse marketing consultant, you know, like it's, or just metaverse consultant that what like help you develop a strategy as you go into this new unfamiliar space. Because there are people 
out there who want to invest in this space, but they just don't, they're lost. You come in and it's, and again, that's where I had to have the gaming background to come in and I'm so good at entering a game, familiarizing myself with it, and then simplifying it for someone. And so I truly can, yeah, help people who don't have that background create a strategy for success for them in, in this space. Oh, this gets me so excited because, you know, as, as we were developing this product, like we didn't know who it would help. And I think we thought of a lot of these like more old school mentality of like, well, it'd be great for real estate agents. It would be great for lawyers and attorneys and doctors because they're experts and we're used to paying those people for their time. But all of a sudden now, like I'm starting to see the potential in this, right? Of a metaverse marketing consultant could be on our app saying, hey, my time is a value if you value it and it might be to a niche, but yeah. that niche w is willing to pay for it if you can offer something to them. So I, I love it. I, I would love to see an opt link for you. So someone Let's could just it. book a meeting Let's with you right out. on your YouTube. Okay. We're going to get that done in the next week while it's here. Um, all right. Here's where I want to end Like I just totally plugged myself. I know that was bad. No, that's, L let's that's, plug you. That helps me. That helps me too, because I am trying to, I did take a lot of risk jumping into this and I did quit my job so that I could pump out more content, do more podcasts. Like the past week I've been doing like two hour podcasts every day and I'm, and just lining up all those schedules. And I mean, it, it is a lot and I, and I haven't yet like made a lot of money off of it. So sure. I, I took a leap. I have some savings and I'm just seeing where this can go. So that's perfect. I, 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 I need to find ways that I can monetize it a little better as well. And so you were a part of the great resignation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it. We both were there. Uh, where can people find you? So now let's plug you. Yeah, YouTube. Where are the best places? I, I think YouTube's the place I, okay. I want to drive people to. YouTube.com forward slash The Upland Show. The Upland Show. Yeah. And that is you. Yeah. So Tyler Doyle is the creator and is the host of The Upland Show. Go check it out. Go learn. And for those of you that want to learn more, you have like a 12-minute video that's like the basics, everything they need to yeah, do. So and that go one's check pinned, it out. That one's pinned to the homepage when you go to my channel of like, here is everything I wish I knew when I started. And it's like a yeah, 12 minute video that will run you through all the basics. So. Okay. And if you're looking at that in a couple of weeks, you're going to see a link on there that allows you to pay Tyler for his time. I love it. I love it. All right. Hey, this is so fun. Thanks for coming on the show. I love getting different perspectives in every shape, form, and way that that comes to me. And it just becomes more and more diverse as we keep going. Uh, so thanks for being able to offer a different voice here today. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing? I just want to say thanks for having me. This has been a fun discussion. I've enjoyed listening to a lot of your content, the TikToks you're putting out. Yeah, like these you know little it. clips have, have been really intriguing to me, and it's cool to see how these different worlds like collide and actually like a lot of the things you've been doing and I've been doing actually relate a lot more than we thought they did. So well put. I'm going to leave it at that. I do end every show with a song. I don't know if you've heard that. If you've gotten to the end of a show, you don't see it on TikTok yet. Clowns to the left me. Joke is to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Tyler Doyle, thank you. We'll see you next time. See ya. Clowns to the left me.